welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. It's Sunday, April the nineteenth. Welcome to Game Consultant. It was a busy week. I had several interviews, and one was actually with Sergey. Sergey is an investment associate at Mail.ru Games Ventures, and we were talking about an article that I read on GamesBeat. Gaming acquisitions and investments continued in Q1 despite the coronavirus. Funny enough, when we started, uh, Sergey was asking, "Like, hey, how do I say your name?" I get that more often, so let's let's get down to it. How do you say my name? A- am I saying your na- uh, your name correct, Sergey? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'm just thinking uh, about your name. How how is it pronounced correctly? Rene or Reinout? Renault. Reynold, yeah. okay. And uh, well, I lived for a long time in the US, and then they said Rhine. They 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 make uh, they make it short. But uh, Reynold, uh, when my mom was angry at me, then the the rolling R would be there. Reynold, and then I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> okay, understood. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a small trick. Yeah, uh, if you raise some kind of uh, questions that I don't want to answer, yeah, then I should say Rena. Yeah. Really, the art. Uh, I knew that I didn't come home. Then <laughs> I would wait for a while. <laughs> well, we got that straight. Reinout. Anyways, uh, the weekly items of Chris, the week of esports. Read things, and we have Joachim telling his highlights about the gaming space. As said, the interview with Sergey. But let's first get down to some news, gaming news. So the first thing actually that I saw on LinkedIn was a message of Justin Berenbaum. He's saying, hey, folks, it's official. Gamescom 220 canceled as a physical event. Um, He's suggesting that we should hit a reset button for 2020. Um, I agree. It's it's a shame. Uh, Another big conference not happening this year. Um, That's a shame. Anyways, moving on. I saw that keywords revenues was up 30% in 2019. Video game service and development giant Keyword Studios has reported a revenue increase of almost a third in 2019. The company saw 326.5 million US dollars, which, no, that's actually euros, guys. That's about 33053. Yeah. Okay, let's do that again. So the company saw about 353 million US dollars in revenue for the year ending December 2019. That is a rise of the 30%. Also, the EBITDA went up. So all in all, a good year for Keywords Studios. Um, yeah, another. European mobile game downloads growing faster than spending. Uh, Sensor Tower finds March news installs were up 19% over February, while spending only did grew 12%. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Uh, that one was actually on gamesindustry.biz. 
you might want to Google it and find it out. Uh, another one from games industry, Riot is acquiring Hypixel. The League of Legends Mega was already an early investor in the developer of the upcoming sandbox game Hytale. Um, on VentureBeat Games, Nuzu, shooter games are growing during coronavirus, but esports forecasts take a dip. Hey, Chris, maybe that's something for you to look into. Players are spending more time in games, and it turns out PC shooters have become more popular during the pandemic. But total esports revenue for 220 will likely be lower than previously forecast. And that's all according to Nuzu. Uh, as said, that is on GamesBeat. Might want to check it out. Um, I'm having an interview um, this week um, with the guys from Edison. They came out with a European video games, a safe haven in troubled times. Um, they have that one line. I, I had to read it a few times, so... I'll read it slowly to you. The general pre-crisis backdrop was a sector forecast to grow at 8.4% to 19 till 222, reaching a total market size of 190 billion US dollars by 222. So the industry is still growing. Um, and then lastly, I... Um, I saw something, uh, gamers, hashtag, play a part together. Uh, Ekram, uh, TMT corporate finance advisor of KPMG, wrote a blog post on LinkedIn. And um, he was a bit surprised to hear that the WHO, the World Health Organization, and the video game industry have teamed up on an initiative called hashtag, play a part together. And yeah. It is there, and uh, it's still out there. Uh, Activision, Blizzard, Big Fish, Glue, Unity, they're all participating. And um, Ray Chambers, United States ambassador to the WHO, was praising the efforts of the gaming industry, who through the use of hashtag Play Apart Together initiative, believes it will encourage even more people to stay safe and healthy why they help flatten the curve and save lives. Um, and that actually is interesting because uh, he also mentioned that a UK, as a UK-based gamer and active advisor in this space, he's proud to see that UK-based studios are actively helping to promote the importance of self-isolation. Jason Kingsley, the CEO of Rebellion, proactively reached out to the Department for Digital, Culture, Media and Sport to offer coronavirus safety advice within their titles. Rebellion is now displaying an on-screen safety message before gameplay begins. That's good. That's really good. Own initiatives. Anyways, um, let's move on with Chris. Hey guys, Chris Reed here, back with another Reed Thinks. Look, there's no shortage of news and notes around esports these days. Um, but I've been able to take three articles that I feel has some interesting talking points and layers. Um, let's go ahead and just dive right into them. First one's from finsmes.com, F-I-N-S-M-E-S.com. 
Phase Clan raises $40 million in Series A funding. The round was led by Jimmy Iovine in Network NTWRK. The company intends to use the funds to support its expansion, player acquisitions, and operations. Interesting point here are the participation from the investors. So the investors in this round, um, really prominent names. So I'm going to name a few of these. If you're on video looking, you can obviously look at them. But uh, Pitbull, Nigel Houston, Gilgadi, DJ Paul, Chris O'Donnell, NBA players such as Myers Leonard, Josh Hart, Jamal Murray, amongst other names there. Look, what does this mean? It means what we already knew. We already knew that esports is culture. Culture is esports. It's eating away at the mainstream. That's what it means. Um, look, and, and the, the names involved in this deal, it's, it's very important. Um, there's very prominent names involved from many different industries. So you're just seeing a, a re, just a really interesting uh, collection of people that say, listen, this is important. This is important for their brand to get involved with esports, right? Their personal brand. And on the other side of it, they want to help build up the esports space as well. So a true partnership that works both ways in a two-way street. So I, I thought it was an interesting article um, because it's, it's just, look, the, eating away at the mainstream, what comes to mind, and very prominent names getting involved. Now, look, they've been involved for a while. D don't take me the wrong way. This has been going on for years, right? Uh, but you're just seeing more and more of it, and, and I really don't feel that that's going to slow down. Um, and the other note to this is it, it's with the top-tier teams. It's, and it's not just – so FaZe is not just about – um, their what tournaments they're winning. Okay, they're a content machine. They've got 215 million followers on social media, uh, according to the article. So this is let's say 200 million plus, right? So they've diversified around not just okay, we got to go win tournaments. No, it's about content as well. And really, I would say that they're content first, and that creates a higher floor. And teams such as that that are out there in the, in the top tier that put content at a very important level, that's more of an investable asset than um, just focusing on winning tournaments and that nature because of diversified. So another topic for another day, but I thought that was an interesting article there about phase. A uh, second article from venture beat uh, BMW teams up with five global esports teams in a brand Alliance. BMW said it will partner in a branding Alliance with five of the world's top esports organizations that have teams that compete in the league of legends. Those five teams are Cloud9, Fnatic, Fun Plus Phoenix, G2 Esports, and T1. BMW as a brand is expanding its involvement in the world of online games and esports, which are appealing to the younger generation of potential car buyers. Okay, what did I just say? That last sentence, BMW wants to be in front of the younger generation, so they get involved in esports. Pretty simple, right? So with them doing this, jumping into the deep end with esports, my question is, what are some other global brands that see this and start to move? Now, a couple of interesting points. Number one is that BMW, this isn't the first time that they've been involved in esports. Um, they were involved in 2017. They were a partner in the European League of Legends finals in Paris, according to the article. And then in 2019, uh, they partnered with uh, the sim racing season. Uh, which was in Munich, Germany. So this isn't the first time that they've been involved, but I wanted to scroll down here and highlight this sentence because I think this is very important. Uh, the BMW brand will not only act as a sponsor for these top teams, but also as a partner to introduce the esports discipline to an even wider audience. So we talked about the two-way street, the partnership. That's what they're 
saying that they're going to do. And that's what their vision is. So long-term, two-way street, where we want to be a part of esports, BMW saying that, but then they want to pull esports into their ecosystem as well and, and BMW's reach. So I found that very interesting. I, th I think that's a very important statement that they made because it's not a transactional, hey, I'm looking for a 3X ROI in, the, in this amount of time and then, then we're out. So this seems like the saying all the right things as far as long-term and what a partnership truly is. So I thought this was really interesting news uh, from VentureBeat. Uh, last article, also from VentureBeat, Riot Games acquires Hypixel Studios, maker of upcoming Minecraft-like game. Riot Games has acquired Hypixel Studios, a maker of an upcoming game that resembles the popular titles Minecraft and Roblox. Hypixel's Hytale is going to be a user-generated content game, a community-powered sandbox world, with a blocky 8-bit art style. First, let me just say this. Riot's on fire. Absolutely on fire. Um, man, they are really diversifying themselves uh, across different you know, sec sections or sectors uh, of the esports space uh, in different titles. I mean, look, we'll look at what the potential of Valorant. I know there's so much hype around it and things like that, but there's so much potential with Valorant. Um, and then now they're getting into the immersive worlds like, like like a Minecraft, like a Roblox. We've talked about Roblox a ton um, on LinkedIn shows as far as, you know, like Andreessen Horowitz fund came into the Series G uh, and led a $150 million round at a $4 billion val valuation is what Roblox got. So that's huge. It's massive. Th this type of these type of games are massive with these environments, immer immersive uh, social layers and social interaction. Um, and this trailer is really interesting if you're watching the video to go, to go on on, uh, on this article and actually watch the video. It's really interesting. Uh, but it makes sense what Riot's doing. And if you don't know um, that that Tencent owns 100% of Riot, and they did this. It, so 2011, they acquired, I think, 93% of, of Riot. And then 2015, they said, okay, we'll just take the rest of you. Um, so Tencent, the mothership is kind of what I call it. Um, you know, it seemed like they could do no wrong. And the list of... Um, who they're involved with and what they've done over the years since, since, you know, uh, 2010, roughly, it really is incredible with the portfolio they've built out. Um, so they're making all the right moves. And I didn't even mention project L getting involved in the FGC. So all the moves they've made, especially just even the last six months, has just been really incredible. And it's going to be interesting to see over the last next couple of years, um, what, what happens with these titles and how they start building themselves out across different communities. Um, but we talk about Roblox a lot. So, and we talk about these immersive environments a lot and the social layer, and it's really, it's really starting to heat up um, for the more mainstream perspective of gaming as a as social media. And, and we even and remember how uh, Epic came out and said that, that they're treating Fortnite as a social world and social platform uh, and not just a game. So I think, I think all that's all connected and very important to kind of keep track of. Guys, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I thought those were some of the, the most important articles of the week. Uh, if you want to connect with me, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Chris Reed, C-R-I-S-R-E-E-D. I appreciate the time, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Chris. And um, that was another item. Reed thinks, and, uh, well, you got his credentials. Check him out on LinkedIn. And also his videos. Uh, he's doing live interviews uh on linkedin um i'm trying to watch most of them it's not always uh possible but a very interesting guest he has level up experience on linkedin so let's continue now with uh, joachim elite game developers and his week of gaming
Thanks, Reinout. This is Joachim from Elite Game Developers. I've been writing a newsletter for several months now where I post gaming startup-related content. Topics include how to raise VC capital for your startup, building a company culture, and defining a mission and vision, etc. So here are topics from my newsletter this week. You can subscribe to the email newsletter when you go to EliteGameDevelopers.com, you'll find a section there where you can do the sign-up. So this week's newsletter, I'm covering these kind of topics. Uh, I wanted to share people who are subscribing to the newsletter my plan on how to give out information to people. So I'm trying to share everything that I've learned, new things that I've learned uh, in the latest week. I'm writing an article putting out a podcast, a newsletter. I've expanded even to a YouTube channel recently, uh, and now I'm getting more and more active on Twitter. So here's a breakdown of what I'm doing regarding content creation. You can go and check out what I wrote on the newsletter regarding Twitter if you go to my blog at EliteGameDevelopers.com slash blog. You'll find it there under the news section. It's number 25. Also this week I shared a template for allocating stock options to your employees in your company. Startups can't really compete on salary with more prominent companies, but they have something that bigger companies can't offer, attractive stock options to buy shares of the company. So in this template, we use an allocation formula that takes into account the role of the person, their seniority, their choice of preferring equity over salary, and the stage that they joined the company. There's also an example company in the template where you can see how a 100-person company would allocate their stock options from pre-seed to Series A. You can find everything related to the stock options from my blog. If you go there, you can just look up stock option allocations and you'll find it. Also on my podcast this week on the Elite Game Developers podcast, I had Ken Go from Deca Games. I'm really amazed about this games company. They're probably the most innovative games company, especially in the way that they saw how differently a company in gaming could operate. Instead of coming up with games concepts and building them into games, Ken's team seeks out earlier game, like these kind of older games out there in mobile, and then they acquire these games from the developers and start running them and keep putting updates into these games. So after after this, they breathe life into these older games, extending the lifespan and keeping the revenue basically stable. So in this episode, we talk to Ken about his background and how he was able to convince the first studios to give up their titles. Ken has built a fantastic business. He, he It's now... I think eight games uh, total, uh, which includes Realm of the Mad God, Zombie Catchers, Crime City, Dragon Vale, and more interesting games are coming up. And on the newsletter, I'm sharing a bunch of other stuff as well. 
So if you can uh, find a time, go to Elite Game Developers and sign up for the newsletter. And you can read the previous news items that I've put out uh, inside the blog section. That's all for now, people. Stay safe and stay well. Thanks, Joachim. Lovely item again. And see you next week. Um, moving on with the main interview with Sergey, an investment associate of Mail.ru Games Ventures. Um, read the article, gaming acquisitions and investments continued in Q1 despite the coronavirus. A very interesting interview and a fun interview. Um, as said, next week I have on Wednesday another one uh, also about financials, which I think is important during these times of the coronavirus. And um, well, let's let's continue with Sergey. So today, I'm actually having an interview, or actually I have a talk with Sergey. Sergey is an investment associate at Mail.ru Games Ventures. Very interesting article I read on GamesBeat. Gaming acquisitions and investments continued in Q1 despite coronavirus. Hello, uh, Sergey, and thank you for uh, joining today. Um, Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> I, uh, I I said I, I really saw a very nice article, but before we go into that, can you explain a little bit about uh, Mail.ru Games Ventures and also introduce yourself? Yep. Okay. Uh, so I'm working as the investment associate at Meru Games Ventures. Uh, this is a fund dedicated uh, and looking basically for the promising video game studios uh, around the globe. Right now, we are more focused on the, let's say, uh, American markets and European, uh, Western Europe in particular. So we are not only investing in the developers, but also looking at the ecosystem projects. Uh, It is uh, kind of the companies that are, uh, let's say, closely connected with the video game and entertainment industries. Yeah. Cool. And... In that way, you actually came up to write an, 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 a report, or is that something you're doing more often on an annual basis, quarterly basis, or how's that working? Yeah, yeah, I have just uh, so uh, regarding my background, I'm uh, the guy from the investment banking industry, and I was basically before my World Games Ventures working in the let's say with a more traditional kind of the sectors, uh, like uh, I don't know pharmacy, industrial. Yeah. Uh, and so on. And uh, after the joining uh, the fund and uh, looking at the game industry, I found out that uh, basically there are not that much materials available uh, uh, for the people yeah. to read about the recent investment news, to, to know what is what is happening in the market. And uh, I thought it might be a good idea to share with the people what I'm thinking about it and uh, share the data that I have collected. Yeah. Uh, so this this was my basic idea, let's say. And uh, right now I have started my own uh, Telegram channel. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Invest Game. Yeah. And this is how it is called. And I write uh, short notes about the transactions. Sometimes I share some kind of my thoughts, uh, what I'm thinking about this particular transaction, yeah. and also have my blog on uh, Medium. So it's more like I would say my hobby rather than a, rather than a task or a part of my job. Yeah. 
Well, it's very helpful, I think, for a lot of people just to uh, dive in a little bit deeper. And, and obviously, we see the news on, on games industry, Pocket Gamer, GamesBeat. But it is interesting to see what or to read what people uh, familiar with the deal or familiar with investments, what they think. So um, that's cool. So later on, I'll definitely going to ask you for uh, the links for the Telegram and for the blog. Um, so I saw investors and funds, they are pumping more than seven, 700 million game startups. Um, more than 700 million game startups in the first quarter. Um, if, if, if you look back on it, um, if you compare the first quarter of 2020 compared to 2019 and 2018, what, what would you reckon? What were the highlights? Uh, I think it's important to mention uh, that, first of all, all my research is based on the tracked publicly announced transactions. Yeah. And therefore, it might have certain limitations in terms of the numbers. So therefore, I would uh, primarily focus on the general trends observed in the findings, uh, yeah. and they should be uh, somehow correct. Yeah. So regarding your question, uh, is um, uh, 0.7 billion uh, invested into the game companies, and how is it uh, related to the previous, uh, let's say, quarter of 2019? I think that we observe a huge decline. Yeah. And basically, it happened uh, because of the um, let's say small amount of huge transactions. Because as we make it, uh, as we may see in the previous years, uh, when we're speaking about the investments into the gaming companies, it is usually when we have let's say several five to ten huge VC rounds. Yeah. And therefore, we have a huge amount of the investments. Uh, in this uh, year, we have only observed two uh, large transactions. It was a Scopely. Yeah. Uh, with a series D round and Roblox with a series G round. Yeah. All of the re all of the remaining uh, investments were not that uh, let's say high, uh, but nevertheless the amount uh, as we may observe so far, uh, were growing, uh, starting from the 2020. So it was uh, 13 deals in January, 22 in February, and 31 in March. Yeah. And uh, so the total volume of game merchant acquisition was 1.6 billion US dollars. And that was actually uh, compared to 1 billion of the full six months of the first half of 2019. So bottom line, if I'm reading that right, we only did, we did 600,000, 600 million more already in the first quarter than the first half year of 2019. Yep, that's absolutely correct. <clears throat> and I think that here we might observe the trend that right now corporate uh, VC funds and actually the strategic guys, they are more active in the gaming market. So the consolidation game uh, continues. Yeah. And what we observe right now is that the amount of, uh, let's say, mergers and acquisitions is growing each year and that uh, actually the, the deal value is also growing. For example, this year we have observed such huge transactions by the Swedish video game holdings. Yeah. Like, uh, like the acquisition of Stormate by Steelfront Group yeah. uh, for 300 million US dollars. And also Embracer Group uh, made a large acquisition actually of Saber Interactive. Yeah, got it. In the meantime, Tencent is still active as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, always uh, on the list. Uh, yes, uh, they have uh, through the subsidiaries uh, Garena acquired Fionix Labs. For yep. roughly 150, and also through MiniClip, which is basically Tencent-backed uh, company, also acquired uh, Elyon Dynamics, 
These were also large, quite large acquisitions that influenced the volume of uh, mergers and acquisitions in the first quarter. Yeah. So bottom line, uh, COVID-19, Corona had no influence whatsoever up till now. Yeah, I would say uh, I'm trying to explain what, why did it happen, actually, why we see uh, still observe that the, the amount of transactions Q1 and the, the volume, let's say the mergers and acquisitions is growing. Uh, the reason behind it, uh, I think, is because we have some kind of the delay in terms of the deal making and initial negotiations. Yeah. Uh, what I mean by this is that when you start, uh, let's say, initial negotiation, uh, kind of the term sheet uh, and agree on certain terms, then usually two, three months takes to close the deal. Yeah. And uh, even if you have this coronavirus issue, you will probably not stop the deal because already have been, uh, I say, already walked out and yeah. uh, you have some huge sunk costs and uh, Moreover, entertainment industry is considered as a recession-proof. Yeah, uh, let's say even growth. Business. Yeah, yep. yeah, got it. So, um, so, bottom line, everyone that was actually in negotiations or already going through DD has made well cost of uh, acquisition or investment, and therefore they mostly finished it uh, either before or in the beginning of coronavirus, which was anywhere. Yeah, Feb, March of this year. So if if we now are looking ahead, on, I mean, we'll, we don't have a glass bowl, but let's say... <laughs> if I well, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I will be out of here. Um, but let's say uh, in June, I mean, what I'm, what I'm reading, uh, governments are sort of opening up. We're slowly coming back to our offices. There is that one and a half meters that I'm hearing, everyone, social distancing. Um, you, you mentioned something else, the, 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 slow, uh, the slow growth that we could foresee is also because you can't have one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting if I'm actually at a game conference and I have to yell to someone else that is almost two meters away. Um, fun though, but if, if, if you look at it, so second half of this year, most likely we sort of be working. Um, what do you anticipate on, on the rest of the remaining of 220 and expectations of 221? Is there anything that you can say about it or that you have certain thoughts about it, indicators, anything you could share? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, from my point of view, again, uh, I may be not 100% correct, as you said, <laughs> I don't have an eyeball. Yeah. Uh, so uh, from my point of view, venture funds will probably decline the activity. Yeah. And this is basically related uh, to the way they are organized and the way that they have limited partners, which uh, observing this uh, quite huge economic uncertainty might uh, decrease the activity in terms of the, uh, making further investments, making new relationships, as I mentioned, but rather like uh, continue on investments of the existing portfolio companies and focusing more on getting money from the existing companies. Uh, in this, at the same time, uh, when we're looking at the corporate investment, we might observe absolutely different picture because right now, uh, because of such huge uncertainty and the risks associated with this, we might uh, see the decrease in the valuations of, uh, let's say, interesting companies, yeah. even, even the gaming companies, because uh, th there is not that much uh, say money right now uh, in the market. Yeah. And those who will be looking for some kind of the investments for further growth 
or having some troubles, they'll be an attractive target for the strategics. Yeah. Uh, who would most likely use this time to continue on acquisitions. By the way, just recently, last week, uh, THQ uh, raised 146 million, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm -hmm. through the issue of shares to continue on acquisition game. And I think that uh, such huge players as Tencent, as uh, uh, Embracer Group, uh, formerly THQ, and uh, ourselves, uh, MRGV Fund, we will continue on investing, looking for the promising projects. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually funny you mentioned it. It, it was 160, $164 million, I think, that uh, THQ mm -hmm. actually did land. How was that? Was that? Um, oh, they were issuing shares, right? Yes, it was directed yeah. share issue. Yeah, okay, got it. And, and well, we're talking about these kind of companies. So IPOs, I mean, um, everyone is saying, yeah, game, games industry, recession-proof. In, in, in fact, I, I spoke to someone that actually said, well, you know what? I, I see revenues going up. Um, mm -hmm. Some of our costs are going down uh, because of uh, employ employees that uh, the, the state is actually covering. Um, and, and those revenues will stay up for about one and a half, two years. Um, so you, you would think interesting, but you just said like, Hey, um, valuations might actually be going down. Um, mm -hmm. is, is, so is there normally, I would say you work with certain multiples, multiples on revenues or the bits like profits. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's going to change you say, and, and what kind of effect next to that? That's a separate question. Do you expect with, uh, IPOs, are, are we going to see IPOs or will that be mm -hmm. put on the long term yeah regarding the the multiples so the first question uh i think that uh, this year we have already observed a huge volatility in terms of the share price of the largest uh, video game companies yeah. like uh, blizzard for example like ubisoft and um, the stocks has already reached the previous uh, let's say the, the february mark and uh, it seems like that the recovery uh, is on the market and we actually might observe it right now looking at the share price but at the same time, I think this short-term increase in the, let's say, uh, in the players uh, spending more time into the games, uh, let's yeah. say, uh, more activity in the gaming yeah. market. This is a huge positive sign for the Q1. But, at this, uh, but in the meantime, we will observe probably, I'm not 100% sure, the delay in the production of AAA titles. And yeah. it's going to influence the price and influence the way we're looking at the, these large players. We don't know for sure. All of them, are, some of them already uh, actually di uh, disclosed that there's going to be a delay. For example, yeah. Last of Us uh, 2 is going to yeah. be delayed for uncertain time. And yeah. uh, I think that given that our industry is, um, mm, let's say, uh, heavily relying on these blockbusters, <laughs> And yeah, yeah, yeah. these AAA titles, it will influence a lot uh, the share price in Q2 and in Q3 probably. When yeah. the companies will disclose eventually that there is going to be a postpone or some kind of the delay in the pu publishing this, uh, let's say, great games. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's funny you mention it because I, I had a chat with Oliver two episodes ago and, and he's basically saying, yeah, well, at this point, a lot of uh, <clears throat> advertisers are stopping freezing their budget. So it means right now acquiring new users is, is rather cheap. So for soft mm -hmm. launches, it's, it's interesting. 
But then on the other hand, uh, he basically said, yeah, well, uh, people in America that can max out on credit cards can't pay. Uh, if you're dependable on ad revenues, then yeah, CPMs are low. Um, <clears throat> so, and, and, and actually what you say, uh, yeah, the delay is one thing, but also if everyone is delayed and everyone is coming out and releasing their games at the same time or in one month or two months, you get about eight, nine games that are potential let's say blockbusters or top uh yeah you can <laughs> how do you get those new users and and two can you afford them and three what about lifetime values i mean um <clears throat> um how do you see that i mean those are our various dynamics of game production and game release that might affect what you say also uh, the valuation and and also how investors perceive the games market Mm -hmm. Yep, here it's a very interesting question. Thank you for raising it. I think that right now what will, is going to happen with the player behavior is that they get, over, uh, let's say, uh, oversupplied by all these video games and they play and consume everything that is left uh, in our industry. So let's say all AAA titles probably will be already passed by, by the players who love games. And they'll be searching and looking and waiting for these new AAA titles to come to the market to play. Because basically right now you, you have motivated them to play more, stay at home and uh, enjoy, enjoy the games, basically. And uh, while we have certain titles that, that is going to come in September, for example, Cyberpunk. Uh, uh, but I'm, but I'm, this is a good question, what is going to happen with the delivery to the market, all of these titles, because probably right now companies should think about these uh, delays in production and uh, looking for the good time to publish their game, uh, given that other players, uh, let's say other huge players also will publish their games uh, probably in the same period of time. And uh, of course, it will influence... Uh, the mark it influence the share price and it influence the financials of the companies when they will select the time uh, to to publish the game uh, and uh, to get this game available uh, for the players. Now, by the way, we're also observing uh, probable delays in the consoles uh, to yeah. the market, the new generation yeah. of consoles. So this is also yeah. going to be an interesting thing. Because right now, both companies, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, said that there is going to be no delay. And that is good. Yeah. The time to market is the same. So yeah. let's see. Let's see what is good. PlayStation uh, 5 should be now, right? I mean, uh, <clears throat> I think they were releasing PlayStation 5 around this time, or am I wrong? I think this year. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, this year. Okay, so <laughs> they have five months to go. Okay, cool. Um, on Ending on a positive note, um, <clears throat> as you said, uh, self-isolate, um, uh, a lot of new people are getting introduced to the interactive entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, so more new gamers are coming uh, to the party. They're getting uh, accustomed to what it is to play video games and watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to talk about esports and streaming because uh, no uh, offline events, but online events are booming. Uh, so that, that's all. Uh, everyone knows that. Um, but... What I found uh, interesting, um, you said M&A activity will probably grow, uh, yeah. like the recent announcements uh, that we just said. So that's a good thing. And um, so we had 2000, 2008 slash 2009. Those were crises. Uh, there were crises at the time, but you say we're more sustainable. And um, and then you 
you're mentioning some very interesting names like Play Ventures, Makers Fund, London Venture Partners, Bitcraft, uh, equity houses like mm-hmm. Andreessen Horowitz, KKR, Silver Lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so bottom line, <clears throat> what you're saying, and let's end it on a positive note. You feel like okay, um, gaming is hot. New gamers come to the party. Esports uh, um, is 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 doing top numbers in in viewers. Uh, I read something that NFL. Uh, NBA, blah blah blah, all the mm-hmm. soccer and, and 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 other ball kinds of games <laughs> in the US that all together uh, make less revenues than gaming. So we we can actually deal with this crisis. Is that an observation, or is that something you want to say something about? Uh, yep. Or uh, actually, uh, what what I'm thinking is that not only right now we project this, you know, kind of positive short-term dynamics. Uh, but it will influence also in the long term. And uh, the entertainment industry itself uh, proved that it's, uh, let's say, uh, r- right now is proving to everyone that, that this is actually the, the industry that can work uh, that can work from home, uh, that can uh, accelerate player playing behavior, and that can actually increase its activity during these uh, times. And uh, even if it is not so expensive as other entertainment industries. And therefore, people are moving more and more to the games as the cheapest category available in the entertainment market. And I yeah. think that at the end of the day, all this COVID-19 uh, thing will uh, eventually lead to the positive uh, dynamics yeah. of our industry. And to show uh, everybody uh, who uh, were concerned about this industry previously that this is a good uh, sector, economic sector to invest in. And yeah. uh, there are money left. Uh, a lot and people love playing games and so then um i'm a developer Mm -hmm. i'm an indie i'm uh, actually working with some friends around the world and and i want to get my game out um i need to find a publisher or whatever do some marketing already very difficult the indie scene um any tips advice for them i mean um are we looking on the bright side no worries guys Uh, gaming is still going up Anything that indies can get a good uh, good sense, a good feel here? Uh, well, first of all, keep safe. <laughs> Not go in the streets. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, second of all, I think that uh, right now, probably some companies, some small companies may have some troubles and issues. And uh, there'll be, uh, of course, uh, people will uh, say left their jobs and... Uh, Looking for for new companies, and uh, as yeah. we can as we observe right now, the unemployment rate will probably increase up to 10, 15 percent uh, in the United States, for example, one of the largest yeah. gaming market. Uh, yeah. And uh, but at, at the same time, I think that uh, it, uh, we will uh, not only survive but become stronger. So overall, I have a positive feeling regarding our industry. Uh, okay. Maybe some sort of investments will decrease, but at the same time, the corporate players, uh, the ones who actually uh, are employers, uh, they will uh, have, uh, I would say, uh, they will increase their financial uh, position and uh, mm-hmm. improve it. And therefore, for the developers, it should be a good sign. So I think that this, they'll be not cut off in terms of the salaries and so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah. will be more work, uh, more things to be done, and more products to be uh, delivered to the market. Got it. Cool. 
Then, uh, so yeah, I want to thank you for this. Um, I'm going to send you an email later on uh, about the links for your Telegram channel and the blog. And um, I'm also going to ask you then in the email if you ever have very interesting ideas or highlights or whatsoever, let me know. Then uh, I'll uh, I'll call you again and uh, we put it in our podcast. Okay. But uh, for now, thank you very much. Thank you very and, much. And uh, talk to you soon. It was my pleasure. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> All right. Bye. You too. So that was all for today. Uh, lovely episode with Sergey. Thank you. And Chris and Joachim for their items. Um, I'm getting quite some inbounds in my inbox. If I'm not responding, do send it again and say Reinhardt. Uh, then I know I'm in trouble and I will respond ASAP. In any case, thank you very much. Uh, I wouldn't mind if you would share this with your friends and gaming people. So um, thank you for listening and ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.